Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking movies, TV, comics, and more. Join in the conversation on our social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back for another edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is going on, ODPH Society? My name is Ken M. I am the host of the ODPH, and you know the co-host. He's sitting right in the other side of the room because we are doing social distancing here. His name is Padawan J. Uh, I shall now be referred to as Dr. Padawan J. Why is that, you might ask? Yes. I'll let you know in the uh, one-shots. Oh, a little foreshadowing for mm-hmm. later. Because this episode, we are going to be talking about everything that's going on, and there are some stories going on in the land of entertainment, movies, TV, comics, and more. So that's what we're going to be divulging in on this episode. So obviously, we want to interact with you. Hit us up on ochodoropalayhour.com. Join in on the conversation on our social media links, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And always use the hashtag ODPH, because that's where we can find you, talk to you. If you want to talk about some segments going on, we'd like to deep dive and have those conversations. Because we get heavy on Twitter about that, too, folks. Mm-hmm. Let's not let's not get twisted about that. But let us kick off this episode talking about the latest in The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And dare I say, Pat, am I all aligned to say this series is having a resurgence as of late? Absolutely. No, you're 100% correct. For how this season started, especially the egregious mid-season premiere, yeah. they are yeah. finishing out very strong yeah. as they march towards the end of this season whenever that may be whenever it may be but they've definitely finally picked up the steam that they needed to desperately Mm -hmm. there's a lot of moving parts going on that finally we are getting to the whisperer war and the final battle between beta and his army and dare i say it is an army uh yeah of walkers against the alexandrian survivors however you want to define that faction so we are going to be talking spoilers as we give you heads up each and every time. So if you haven't seen the episode, you want to watch it, pause, and then jump right back in the conversation. Because we are going to start talking Walking Dead in three, in two, and one pad. What did you think? I thought it was a really great episode. You know, all things considered, I realized that, you know, this, uh, the true season finale is coming later this year, as the you know the promos have said. But in all honesty... Like, if, if they had to scrap that episode and this was the season finale, this would be a great season finale. Paula Lazaro, who plays Princess on The Walking Dead now, has just been introduced and, dare I say, has already captured us as a viewing audience. She's got, like, the, the amount of charisma she has would take probably half of Alexandria just to match. My God, man. Uh, maybe that's just, you know, I'll call it Yoda syndrome. You know, Yoda lived on Dagobah for God knows how many years by himself and was plum loco by the time Luke showed up. Mm-hmm. You know, we know Princess has been by herself for a year now, as she says in the episode, so now she's a little loopy. You know, it, it was really fun, though. To say loopy is an understatement, but Princess has been the breath of fresh air that I think the show has been lacking. Yeah. Since I'm going to go out on a limb for okay. this. I'm going to say since they introduced Abraham. Mm, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Because for the most part, every character that they've introduced, maybe with the exception of Jesus, has been very cut and dry. Not, a little downtrodden. Yeah, a little downtrodden, a little worn down by obviously what's going on. Sure. Uh, but Abraham was one of those characters when he kicked on screen. He was like, I'm going to kick ass, take names, you know. I'll be like, I'm not here to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of bubble gum. Exactly. 
he had a certain charisma to him. Uh huh. And Princess is demonstrating that, albeit the different end of the spectrum. Yeah. But after the group of Yumiko, Ezekiel, and Eugene mm-hmm. are going to meet up with who Eugene has been keeping in contact with. His long-distance girlfriend. Yes, Stephanie. They run into Princess, who is uh, definitely had a, a way with the zombies that we have not really seen. I'll say to quote the one song, she's living on the edge. Uh, to, yeah. That is a perfect way to describe it because she has them all dressed up and mm-hmm. they're like a society and she's the one running around with a very, very big gun. So it's funny, too, because most people in this universe like kill them, keep your distance, don't, you know, don't mess with them. No, I'm going to like do all sorts of weird stuff with them and dress them up. Yeah. And treat it like a life size dollhouse. She is going completely off the rocker here and I love uh-huh. it. It is what is needed. It's it's almost like, you know, when, when your kids and in, in, you might have a daughter or something at home or you might have a sister and the sister liked to play dress up and she liked to play pretend and imagine it. it's almost like that, but on a bigger scale. Oh, completely. That she is just so off her rocker that she uh, purposely, well, it, it's accidentally, but I honestly think it was purposely, scares away the horses that the team rode in on. And just to keep them there. See, with her, it's hard to tell. Yeah, because she is so off the wall. Because she's standing there holding an M60, of all things. Good God. Yeah. And fires it off to kill the walkers. And Oops. Yeah. See, like, on the one hand, because later in the episode, when she's leading them through the minefield, that was totally pointless and useless. You know, okay, with that in mind, it's like, all right, I'm not sure if she unintentionally scared off the, the horses or not. It's, that, it's hard to figure out. Well, that's what I was saying. She was so manic in her mood swings. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's the nicest way to put it, that you don't really know what her character is, and I love that about it. Yeah. Because most of the characters, like we said, have been very cut and dry. Not, yeah. Not so much wa- wash, rinse, repeat. Sure. But everybody's been so worn down from the what's going on in the zombie apocalypse that to have that breath of fresh air has been really something to see, especially... Now, what, one and a half episodes in? Mm-hmm. It's a nice way to finish out because, for the most part, this episode is explaining how Princess is in the society she's in. Right. And how she wants to be accepted by others because she hasn't seen them for years. At the, yeah, at this I think stage. it's, I think she, if I remember the episode right, she said, Oh, it's been a year now since I've seen anybody. Right. Which is weird. Just like I realized the human surviving human population isn't all that big anymore, but you would have figured in 365 days time, you know, from, and from what I was reading, uh, this was set in West Virginia, not Pittsburgh, like the comics, Mm -hmm. you know, you would have figured somebody would have swung through there. Cause like, I know the big thing with fear, the walking dead, and then the walking dead video games from telltale was we got to get to water, got to get to water. So like, that's a common thing that people surviving like, Oh, we got to get to water. So you would presume, okay, they're in West Virginia. Somebody from the Midwest, someplace like an Illinois or an Indiana or something would be trying to make their way to the Atlantic ocean and pass through West Virginia. But lo and behold, nope. No, definitely not. So to see that nobody has been there, at least for her perception, right? That she's seen. Cause we don't really know like what is going through her head. Yeah. If she's, cause even at one point she's saying, are you really real or am I just seeing things? <laughs> yeah. She's like, ask me something I wouldn't know. And she goes, or she goes, and then the, someone goes, oh, what's the state of, what's the capital of, or she asks, I think it's, yeah, she has a, about what's, the, what's the capital of, of Pennsylvania? And Eugene goes, Harrisburg. And she goes, well, I knew that. Wait, did I know that? Yeah, it's just so a unique take on the character, and which obviously, if you read the books, Princess is a fan favorite, so this mm-hmm. works perfectly. And to see just how she's interacting with the group and taking them on the roundabout after she's like, oh, yeah, I can't. I she's can't giving them the runaround. Yeah, she's, she's definitely working them 
to I don't know if that's her way of doing the three questions mm. to see are you worthy of being here because mm-hmm. that was something that was run through my mind is like it, it reminded me of, and again I'm going to reference Yoda from Empire Strikes Back it reminded me of when Luke first meets Yoda but he doesn't know it's Yoda and and Yoda's kind of messing with him and testing him and I'm like all right is it worthy for me to waste my time training this kid mm-hmm. it almost feels like something akin to that where it's like all right. I haven't met anybody for a year. I don't know what their intentions are. Are they really here to like for a good purpose or are they just here to take everything and leave me with nothing? Right. And obviously in the zombie apocalypse, you really can't trust no. anybody. It's a unique world to live in. And mm-hmm. just, it's very distilled and very shattered. It's just like there's so much going on with it that for somebody to really accept a group to come in there. Yeah. It's really takes a lot to work with. Mm hmm. And this is kind of where the their story goes on because for most of the episode, like Pat alluded to, it is kind of I, I don't want to say a down point in the episode, but it was very stretched out. It was stretched out, but it, but I enjoyed it. You know, oh yeah, it was it, very it, enjoyable. It was a different pace. It was a different, you know, whatever the phrase you want to use. It, it was something different. It wasn't the usual motions that the show's been going through. Right. It, it, and honestly, it reminded me a little bit of back in the like season one when Rick and. Uh, Glenn were going through Atlanta mm. and they're trying to make their way through there and, and surviving and not really sure, you know, obviously not as much danger and threat with walkers, you know, bearing down on you compared to a minefield, but it, it, it was a fun callback a little bit. Oh, I could definitely see that point that you're bringing that up. And that's something that we've said is sorely lacking. Yeah. That now that you have princess who's coming in and really are, is trying to win over this group. To, or even, like I said, it's, it's the test to see if they're worthy of being in her camp. Because mm-hmm. we really don't know how she's surviving and she has this much knowledge yeah. of such a big city that she's in. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering how she got an M60 into a city exactly. or where it came from. There, yeah, there's more to her background that we'll obviously find out down the road. And then especially she takes them on the crazy tour to get to the quote-unquote transportation through a minefield mm-hmm. that she has quote-unquote memorized. Yeah. Uh, that was a little gamble, but that's something that was just a little fun for The Walking Dead. That was a gamble, but I also think that she's been there for a year. Well, it's been a year since she's seen anybody. We don't know how long she's been there. Mm-hmm. That, to me, because you remember back in the early part of the show where there was the flashback to when, um, and God, I'm trying to dig up names out of my head, uh, Lori and then um, Punisher guy. What was his name? Oh, John Bernthal. Shane. Th- Shane. Thank you. When when they were evacuating Atlanta and the and the and the Air Force came in and napalm bombed. Oh, that's right. Bombed the city. They were doing all this outrageous stuff to try and stop the walkers. That seems like a military thing to do. They're like, oh, hey, let's plant mines in the ground and try and blow them up. With all the time she's had there, it, I very well could see her memorizing the darn thing. Is just scary to think that she has actually survived this? Yeah. For being as manic yeah. as she is. Like, yeah. what is your real game, Princess? Mm-hmm. Which we're going to have to find out. Because ultimately, she does win over the group. Yep. Ezekiel, who is dying the slow death, unfortunately, mm-hmm. is really giving the hope to the group that maybe she can actually add something to this group to help them survive. Because mm-hmm. I think he knows he, he's losing his battle. Right, he's losing his battle. And it's that thing you see a lot in, in other movies and TV shows where you've got a major character facing the end. Mm-hmm. And, and they're having that kind of moment of clarity where, like, all of a sudden, you're not burdened with thinking about 8,000 different things of like, what do I do for this? What do I do for that? And it's like, I ain't got long. I'm just seeing what's in front of me. 
Yes. And there's nothing bearing down on it. And especially he is another charismatic character in his own right. But I think just yeah. so he was a, such a difference since he was a leader yeah. of, of a faction. Yeah. That it, it definitely was a different vibe than what I witnessed when I was watching Princes on screen for the first mm-hmm. time. That Ezekiel is really trying to push that there's hope and really instill that last moral compass idea mm-hmm. that there's so good people out there. Because Yumiko at this point is not buying this. And no. she is going... What did we walk into? No, because especially with Ezekiel, he's kind of the last of the leaders. You think about mm-hmm. it. Maggie's still MIA. You know, Rick is gone. You know, Michonne is gone. You know, so you got, yeah, you got Daryl, but like he's got his own agenda and he's doing his own. Yeah, he'll be there and he'll help out the, you know, the Alexandria and he'll help people out and he'll make a decision if he has to. But he's not exactly at the head of the table with the, the other you know town council leaders or whatever saying, all right, what are we going to do for the rations this week? Uh, how are we going to divide things out? Like, no, that's not his motive. No, I, I always equivalent Daryl to Wolverine. Yes. That you could say Wolverine can run the X-Mansion. Dependable is all hell, but like when it comes to leadership, eh, maybe not. Exactly. There, I mean, he's ran Xavier's school a couple times. I know there's been some series about that. Not exactly the easiest thing to go through. No. And he's going through the growing pains of this. Albeit, though, he is demonstrating a different vibe than Rick, mm-hmm. which obviously makes sense because Rick's way is usually stumble in by accident, mm-hmm. find a way out of it. Daryl is trying to be more proactive, albeit doesn't work all the time either. Side note related to Daryl. Um, he's making Judith the scariest person in that show. Yeah, Judith's going to outlive everybody. Judith is going to outlive everybody, trained to fight by Michonne, and now being trained to track by Daryl. Yeah. You want to talk about a lethal killer? My God. Yeah. That, She's not even old enough to technically drive yet. She'll be the last one standing at the end of the show. Yep. Mark my words. Yep. And she is absolutely crushing it, too. Mm-hmm. And just, just to see how she's evolved over the years. Because in the comics, was long dead. Oh, yeah. So this is a complete new take on the character. I'll say for those who haven't read the comics, uh, she dies in the governor's attack on the prison. So that's what, season three, season four? Yeah, season three. Yeah, so that long ago, the character actually died. Yes, and it's absolutely just wild to see how the take is. Because mm-hmm. it just doesn't happen. But Kaylee Fleming, who's been playing the character, has really stepped up and give Judith her own voice, oh my her God, own she's, charisma. For as young as she is, she's amazing. Yeah, which I... I it, it's I, a very big role to hand to a, someone that young, and it's very heavy stuff given the end of the world, and zombies, and everyone you love is dead, and they're going to, uh, you know, there's a threat that they could die at any moment, and it's like she's acting her tail off. Oh, absolutely. The, the scene she has with Jeffrey Dean Morgan oh has, has been absolutely spot on, Yeah, and I think have been some of the finer moments of this show. Mm-hmm. And actually, let's flip to Negan, too, since we're, okay. t- we're bringing him up. The scenes he's had with Lydia, with yeah. like Cassie McLean, yep. uh, had, were some really of the emotional ones, too. That mm-hmm. well, I'll admit, Lydia is not one of my favorite characters. No. And McClincy, who plays her, has done a very good job with yeah. the character, and it's nothing against her. I've just never really been that super sure. enthralled with the character. But obviously, dealing with Alpha has now been killed by Negan, and... Negan is just saying, hey, vent it, let it build out. Mm-hmm. Trying to, I don't want to say be a surrogate father figure here, but, no, he is. but but he is. He is. You know, her father died. Her mother was kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. You know, for all intents. <laughs> to put it mildly, to, You know, to, for all intents and purposes. She's not exactly had a good moral compass instilled in her. Mm-hmm. You know, she's doing her best and she's trying, but, you know, she hasn't exactly had Mr. Rogers as her, her you know, father figure. You know, so she's not exactly had good lessons. So, no, I think it's it's an interesting side to see for, of Negan that I didn't think we'd ever see. 
No, definitely Morgan has added so many levels and layers to the character. It's just hard to say that he's going to be the redeeming Negan. Like, yeah. it, it's just so weird to to think it. But obviously, how it is portrayed from the comics to the to the show is two different things. And, mm-hmm. and obviously, Negan's story is uh, it's a little slightly different than the comics. Yeah. But we don't even need to get into that. We'll just focus on the show. But I thought the strongest point of this episode is when Negan finally gets... Lydia to break down mm-hmm. and finally have the emotional release because he says it'll just bottle up inside and it'll, cr- and it'll kill you internally. Yeah. And he finally gets her to just break down and cry and hug. And, and just that moment, it's like she's finally come to peace with it. Mm-hmm. And obviously with everything that Alpha's done to her over the years, yeah. I mean, Samantha Morton, when they were on screen together with her and Cassidy there, was is spot on, but you could definitely tell they really portrayed that story of just how emotionally damaged Lydia is, mm-hmm. and then now find some trust in Negan, which is weird to say, mm-hmm. but it's so far it makes sense, and it was a really cool scene to see. Yeah, and a little break from you know the princess hijinks that yeah. go on, because once they get to where they are with the uh, transportation issues, yeah, that instead of it being a car, instead of it being, she just said, "Oh, I got wheels." Didn't yes, s- didn't specify. No, they come out riding bicycles. Bicycles, which is perfect. It, perfect, and I love Eugene's response. Like everybody else is like, except Eugene. Eugene is like, oh my god, this isn't what we expected. This is terrible. And Eugene just matter of factly, he's like, listen, twelve miles an hour is better than walking. Yeah. Well, Eugene figures it out, and he, oh, yeah. and he has it on point. So obviously, that they're trying to go and recruit, I guess, or trying to draw in some more help. Because with Beta now lurking. Oh, my God. And Beta, like Hearing I said, voices in his head. This is just where Ryan Hurst has just stepped up and just really taken this character and gone with it somewhere absolutely phenomenal. And the actor is personable as all hell because I only today just saw a video, the Walking Dead Facebook account, I think, posted mentioning, oh, he's going to take over their Instagram account. And it was him standing there with all the extras who are walkers, and he was telling zombie dad jokes. That's incredible. Oh, my. You got to look up the video. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. He's just telling zombie dad jokes, and I'm like, this man has is, is got really charismatic, and I love it. Oh, yeah. He's, he's been great on the show. It'll be a sad point whenever he leaves, because unless they pull the ultimate swerve and have him survive the, mm. the Whisperer War. But when Beta is now assuming the leadership role of the Whisperers and has now sewn on alpha's face skin to his mask because walking dead folks that's all you really need to say whispers he's now hearing voices voices and now he's he's leading you know oh oh, you imagine if he does an rko oh he's got the frame to do it oh that'd be incredible well i'll get to that a little later in the show here but for this he's now leading the horde of walkers Mm -hmm. and they're now going to attack this the surviving group and he finds that when they go first to where they're looking, it's empty. Uh-huh. That the group has moved, which is smart because obviously they know something's going on. Yep. And albeit though, they do have a couple spies out in the field, which I never know if this is a good idea or bad. That's smart. It is, but with because given that they know that Alpha's dead, they know Beta's personality. Well, at least they think they do. Mm-hmm. You know, they know his his temperament. They know, okay, we just killed the head of their group. They're not exactly going to be sitting back, you know, drinking tea and sipping, eating crumpets. Mm. They're going to come for our heads. And not just one of us, 
All of us. We cannot sit here. They know where we live. Well, the only reason I was saying, I, I don't know if this would be a good idea, is because who they chose for it. Mm, yeah. And Aaron, who's obviously still dealing with a lot that's been going on this season. Yeah. And Alden, who, I, you know, he's there. I, I'm not really a big fan of the character. Mm-hmm. So just to see that those two are now hiding out and reporting to the group, even though now they're having some problems with the frequency in mm-hmm. the walkie-talkies. I, I just kind of figured that to be a distance thing. I You would assume so, but then again, it's like I put nothing out there. The beta is not thinking three levels ahead yeah, because he has that many voices talking to him. Yeah. And just to see how he has just finally come to the realization, this is how this is going to end. Mm-hmm. And he is now leading the Walker horde to Alexander to to find the group who's now hiding in a nearby hospital. Yep. And they're having their final moments per se Mm -hmm. that everybody's gearing up. And I I will say this, the group is realizing that they know what's coming. They know what's coming and not everybody is going to survive this. No, which is a very tough thing to deal with. But then again, you live in a zombie apocalypse where every day is not promised. Nope. And you could all go up and smoke. So the final shot of the episode is Beta and company standing outside the hospital, standing outside and swarming. So and they do touch upon a little teaser, which I'll just follow up before we kind of get the recap or final thoughts on the episode. Uh We finally get some news about the Rick Grimes movie trilogy. There's something. Something is going on with the three circles that were on the helicopter. Mm-hmm. And they tie it in with that. And then they kind of show how it's connected with Fear of the Walking Dead a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. And then they tie, they end it with the shot of Worlds Apart, or the new show that's coming out there. Yep. So, Pad, let me ask you two folds. Mm-hmm. One, what do you think about the teaser that we saw for Rick's movie saga, so to speak? I thought it was interesting. You know, it's good to finally hear something about that just because like we've said in the past they they announced it when rick left or when uh andrew lincoln was leaving the show that oh there's a there's a rick grimes movie coming okay cool that was like two years ago yeah or like a year and a half ago like we've heard nothing about it since so it's finally good to get some news about or something about it saying hey this is still coming yeah i would say i was very happy to see it i don't know how they're trying to tie it into world beyond that's the Uh name of the show i because, I, like I said, I've seen the trailers for World Beyond. I'm not on board with it. Mm. I'm, I'm going to give it a watch when it comes out. Yeah. But I'm still very tentative to be like, oh, well, let's see where this goes. Sure. Because we still are trying to figure out, okay, we have Fear of the Walking Dead, which has actually gotten very better. It's gotten a lot better over the years. Mm-hmm. This one is going to be all teens, which I, I just fear is going to be like Riverdale and the zombie apocalypse which could be very good because Riverdale is good at times and sometimes it's not. Mm. But to see how they're going to try connecting this with Rick Grimes and the trilogy, and I don't know if that's supposed to be something that means something with his circles, mm-hmm. is a, is an interesting concept. At least we have some idea that this is going to be coming out at some point. I'm assuming by year's end, Yeah, I would say is a fair assessment because mm-hmm. I think this show has been, or the movie trilogy has been getting worked on quietly yeah since the season has started for walking dead yeah so that being said we got some information there but to close this segment out final thoughts on this episode and any early predictions going into the finale uh great episode you know can't speak praise for it enough really enjoyed it start to finish uh predictions for the final episode i'm going to say gabriel's gonna die okay just as just as a prediction just seems like he's been around a while they're not really doing with them any, not really doing anything with them on the show at the moment. You know, hasn't been on there. Lord knows how many episodes. Mm. I think he might be uh, on the chopping block, as it were. 
I have to agree. I think that, I mean, the final thoughts on this episode was it's a strong way to go into the season finale. Yeah. Albeit, though, with C-19 going on, we don't know when that finale is going to be. I'd, I'd have to guess either late summer or the beginning part of fall. I wouldn't doubt the beginning part of fall. I, I just I have an idea that if New York Comic Con is still going on, mm. that would be the time to debut it. That could be. And then maybe pause on when you bring the season back. Well, because they don't usually bring the season back until the end of October anyway. Well, right. No, no. The season is usually back Oh, yeah. Oct- October. Yeah, it's usually back. Yeah. Because unless they want to try going summertime. But the only thing with that and how TV typically is, mm. is usually the summer months are very quiet because people are outside and traveling and, and such. Yeah. Albeit, though, we live in a streaming world. So, obviously, X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do some crazy Steiner math about that if you want. I just feel that they'll try coming back maybe even do the finale and go right into the next episode. I could see that. And that would make and I wouldn't have a problem with that either. No. Like th- we've had a big enough break obviously with everything going on. If they want to go finale then premiere, oh, go, that works. Go right ahead. Sure. And I agree with you. I think Gabriel's on the chopping block. I think he's even money to get killed off. I wouldn't doubt Carol. Yeah. Cuz I think if you really want to make this a big deal and this is going to be something that whenever we see this episode, I'm going to be drawing on. Mm. You you have these big, I you know epic battles, mm-hmm. you know with the governor with yeah. Negan at the time. You need to have some big ramifications. Yeah, and if you don't, it's all for nothing. Yeah. So I want to see some characters get killed off. It's just the way The Walking Dead is. But if you really want to say this was a truly epic battle, you need to have some losses of yeah. of characters. You you uh, need a shocking moment like the end of I think Finger was season two, where this isn't a democracy, this is a dictatorship. Yep. You, you sit there and go, holy shit. Yeah, you need that kind of moment. And I think that the cast, albeit it is very big because there's a lot of survivors on the group. Sure, but I think it works well when it's a smaller knit group that they get a little more screen time doing it. I think Daryl is even money to survive because yeah, well, it's Daryl. And I think that epic battle he's going to have with Beta, because that is oh, going to happen. Yeah, that's going to be a knockdown drag out fight. Yeah, don't think that's not going to happen. That rematch is going down. That is, mm-hmm. I will say, if we're going to do locks and leaps, lock that in. Yeah. That's going to happen. Go and, all in on that bet. Yeah. And leap, Carol and Gabriel and Negan get killed off. No, no way they kill Negan off. I don't think they do either. But that's why I I've taken a leap. You know me. I throw crazy. Yeah, no. I, I agree with you on Gabriel because I said it. In Carol, I can see. But no, no way they kill Negan off. No, I don't think they should either. No. No, but who knows what they're going to do. I think if they really want to shake it up, that's how you do it. Either way, it's going to be fun to watch whenever it happens. The Walking Dead finally picked up some steam. Yeah. Been waiting for this. But let us know what you think. Hit us up on that hashtag. Hashtag ODPH. What is your thoughts on this past episode of The Walking Dead? And what is your predictions for the finale of the season? I know we got some time to talk about it, but let's have that conversation, shall we? Hit us up. Let us know. Take a quick break. We'll be right back. Can you imagine a world immune to all forms of cancer? Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come for our fourth annual live stream for the cure. And this year... We need your help more than ever. Please join us May 27th through May 31st for 48 hours of live content from guests and podcasts around the world. 
We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference. Hi, this is Tyler from Second Suitor, and you're listening to the ODPH Podcast. I want you to get it. I want you to understand. I'm doing the best I can, but not as good as I want to be. I just want to get it. I just want to comprehend that I have to make amends. Coming back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast, and let us talk some Marvel Cinematic Universe news. Some sad news. Some sad news, but we did kind of touch upon this a little bit last week, but it's been finally made official. Mm -hmm. Black Widow, the Scarlett Johansson spinoff Avengers movie, is going to be delayed from hitting theaters. Obviously, Mm -hmm. due to everything going on with C-19, it will not be debuting in May, and it was very speculation of where it was going to go. Was it going to go to Disney Plus? Was it going to go to Hulu? Was it going to go somewhere else? What was going to be the final verdict? And, Pad, the verdict came down. Yep. Uh, it is going to be coming out November 6th, 2020, th- thereby pushing back the entirety of Phase 4. Right. So as it stands right now as we are recording, Black Widow comes out November 6th, 2020. Eternals is now bumped to February 12th, 2021. Mm-hmm. Shang-Chi, Legend of the Ten Rings, is May 7th, 2021. Yep. November of 2021 is going to be Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. Yep. Then February 18th, 2022 is going to be Thor, Love and Thunder. Yep. Black Panther 2 is still locked in for its original date. So that has not changed as of right now. Yep. May 6th, 2022. And then the last film that we know that is coming out, which I did not find out the release date until this came out, mm-hmm. Captain Marvel 2, July 8th of 2022. Yeah, the Captain Marvel thing was interesting because we knew they were working on it. They, right. they, as much had been announced, um, but we didn't know a date. I, I figured this was just kind of like, the, you know, the, hey, we're, we're really sorry we're bumping back the entire slate of movies that you were really looking forward to. Here's a piece of candy to say sorry. Like, hey, we know you're not seeing anything immediately. We'll give you a new release date. Right, which obviously throws a lot of intrigue into yeah. this move. So let me ask you first, uh, good move, bad move? Uh, good move. I think just because I know there are other studios putting movies out di- uh, digitally on demand, you know, with movies like Trolls and a bunch of others, you know, where it's like 20 bucks a pop to watch the thing yeah. at home. You know, it's hard to say because I haven't seen any numbers of how that's doing, like, return-wise for the companies. It's such an uncertainty, and it's such a new area that I don't think with as much money and time as Disney has invested in these Marvel movies, they want to go that route. So I think the smart move is to push it back. We're going to see it no matter what. Like, Mm -hmm. fans are going to see it no matter what. Like, you can push it back, you know, 2020 to the end of 2020, end of 2021. We're still going to go see it. Like, it's not a question of, oh, if we delay it, people are going to forget about it and not want to go see it and, they'll, you know, this that, and the other. No, we'll see it. I think it's just, I think it's a smart move. I do, too. I know that it sucks that we can't see this movie right away. Yeah. And obviously, with everything going on, we have to be patient with things. Yeah. To try rushing it out there and, and to keep the release date and, and put it on Disney+. Plus. It would have been a nice thing to do, mm-hmm. but let us be honest. There is something about going to the movie theaters yep. and seeing a blockbuster film on the big screen. I mean, unless you have a really big television screen 
really good surround sound system and really nice chairs. Right. In which it's on par. And plus, we always go in a big group. Yep. So to take that element where you make those memories and you have just that instillment and it makes you love films, Mm -hmm. not just saying the MCU, but just in general, to have that taken away and and changed, sure, for a Band-Aid, but for everything coming out with the MCU, I think that this is a smart move. No, yeah, and especially you go to the movies for those moments. You know, for, you know, Rohan showing up to save Gondor and Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. for, you know, all the Avengers coming back and, and Avengers assemble moments like moments like that where you're in a theater where you're typically, you know, ideally supposed to sit there nice and quiet and not really say a lot, not really talk to have those moments where the entire audience is just going nuts and yelling and cheering and screaming. And I think I love it that now that uh, people are tweeting out those reactions yep. that they've been taped. Like I before, I was thinking like I don't know if you really should be putting that, but it's like nah, put that out there. Yeah, let people know. I just don't like to think that that many people are videotaping. Yeah, during the times, but hey, it is that world we live in. So that being said, it's a great move to do. I'm fully on board with it, and to really push everything back, it'll be fine tuned. Yeah. Now the question flips. Okay, the MCU films are pushed back. Yep. What is the latest concerning the Disney Plus shows? Yeah, because, you know, the the new shows coming to Disney Plus are, you know, intimately connected with the overall universe. It's not like in the past where it was Daredevil or Iron Fist. And now, hey, we're going to we're going to lightly mention the incident, the Mm -hmm. incident, the incident, you know, or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where we'll have an occasional crossover. But by and large, we won't reference anything going on in the Marvel Universe. Hey, you know, we're in the Avengers. Hey, you know, we're in the Avengers. No, these movies are going to be intimately connected and even leading into some of the future films. So it's kind of like, all right, what's going on? Well, at the at, with the announcement uh, last week, they announced, of course, Phase 4 was moving back. Nothing was really said about the Disney Plus shows, but just kind of looking at some, t- you know, reading some tea leaves, mm. you know, lo- looking into your crystal ball as you were, you can kind of piece things together. Uh, in re- the first film that was supposed to come out, of course, was in August with Falcon and Winter Soldier, of course, that being the film with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, the series isn't finished yet, and we know as much because Sebastian Stan uh, did an interview with Muscle and Fitness, and he said they still have filming to do. He said, quote, we haven't finished. The plan is to go back and whenever we can, whenever that might be, to finish. Whenever we can turn this thing around and people can get back together, we can pick back up, but I just don't know at this point, close quote. So, reading that alone, Falcon and Winter Soldier's not done. You right. know, it's not done filming, which means the post-production work ain't done which means there's a whole lot of stuff they need done. So odds are it's not coming out in August. So next one after that was supposed to be WandaVision. Now, the thing we do know is that according to reports and some Instagram posts from some of the folks working on the show, WandaVision's done. They've filmed. They're in the midst of uh, post-production. You know, and, and that's the nice thing with doing post-production work. You don't got to be in a studio or an office at you know Disney or Marvel to work on it. You can do it from your own home and you can submit it to the cloud and that, and that whole fun. So, you know, crew members can work on it from home and they can work on it from there. So I would lay odds. And of course, this is all speculation. This is just us kind of guessing here. Mm-hmm. Nothing's been announced, but I would guess that we might see the two flipped. I, I agree. You know, that, that WandaVision might come out in August and Winter Soldier will, you know, take the place of when WandaVision was supposed to come out. Now, is that ideal? Because WandaVision was supposed to lead directly into uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. No, but hey, times are what they are, and we got to make do with what we got. Yeah, I agree with that too. I know that it's going to be a different thing for the timeline, but let's face it, people want to see the content. Yeah, and if you want to appease your fan base, 
It's a great way to do it. Right. The only other thing I would say, because I don't know personally off the top of my head, what is the status with the What If series, the animated one? I haven't heard, although that's very easy to do because, again, folks can work on it from home. Right. Remotely. And then you, uh, some actors may have voiceover studios in, in their home, and or they might know somebody nearby who who can who has one, and they can do it remotely. See, if I was going to call the shot on us, I would either say, okay, bump up WandaVision, but if you're going to be really worried that, okay, people lose interest in Doctor Strange because it was supposed to tie in with that so much, mm-hmm. and then the Loki series was supposed to tie in with that so much, yeah, that you're going to really postpone those. I would just bump up what if. I mean, doing, yeah. doing animated is... Uh, it's easy. It's easier than trying to do the live action. Right. And this can appease your fan base right. over and, enough. And you don't have... Like we know with the what if series, you know, every actor from the film that's in the films, if, if their character is in the show, they will voice that character in the show. That's the nice thing, like I said, with voiceover. James Arnold Taylor, the voice actor who does Obi-Wan Kenobi on Clone Wars, you may or may not know is the Sunday night announcer on Fox, Mm. you know, this Sunday on Fox. Yeah. He does those recordings from his house. Like he doesn't go to the Fox studios, stand there for five minutes and record. No, he just does that from home and sends it into him. That's the nice thing with this is they can, you know, whoever's directing, let's just say it's a Captain America one episode. What if episode and, and you know, they send, they can email the script to Chris Evans or whoever else is going to be in the show and say, Hey, Here's your stuff. They can do a Skype call. They can do whatever call, and they, he can just record it, or they can record it on their end and get it the crystal clear sound. And like, all right, like he doesn't have to be there, right? And I think that would make a lot more sense yeah. to do if if you really are worried about messing around with your schedules. Yeah, because as soon as they can get Falcon Winter Soldier done, their film, they're going to put it out. Oh yeah, it's it's going to be okay. It's done today. It's out next week. Yeah, it's going to be one of those release dates. But it, to my knowledge, that's not really tying into right. That's not tied in. The, that's not tied into anything. Yeah, it's it, kind of just like a what what would have happened. It's a standalone movie. The only thing I could say maybe, and I'm going to stress this, maybe it's tied into would be. Black Panther mm-hmm. or Captain Marvel, depending on how you want to do the ending. Mm-hmm. So it's, but either way, yeah, you're you're not affecting your slate because yeah. Black Widow's already been done. That's a prequel. Yep, enough said. Done there. Eternals, they're tying in everything under the sun with this one. Yeah, they really need to push this to make it successful, in my opinion. So that being said, it, they could tie it in, sure, but it, yeah. it's not going to make or break the movie. No. There's going to be a lot more factors going on with that. Well, and plus the nice thing, with you know, if they end up flipping Falcon and, and then WandaVision, okay, yeah, it sucks it's not going to be, like, close to whenever uh, Doctor Strange was supposed to come out. That's the nice thing with Disney Plus and streaming these days. It's not like old days where, like, if you missed it on TV, unless you had it, you know, taped on your v- VHS, you missed it and you couldn't rewatch it again. Mm. You can just as very You could just as easily time it right. And right, you know, however many episodes it ends up being, that many days before the movie comes out, just rewatch the episodes. Yeah, it's perfect sense to yeah. do. Uh, moving on to some other shows, of course, there is the Loki uh, series coming out with uh, Tom Hiddleston. Mm-hmm. That was still filming uh, when the production shutdown hit, so that more than likely might get pushed back a little bit. Uh, and then in regards to the other shows, uh, such as Hawkeye, Ms. Marvel, She Hulk, and Moon Knight. Uh, those are still being worked on and in the script stage, so really not much going on. So the only thing that might push back is when they start filming. Right, but they're still in so, pre- yeah. so much pre-production, it, it shouldn't affect anything. Yeah, the only one that we know for sure that was that Hawkeye was set to start filming in the summer, but that's more than likely not going to happen now. But to my knowledge, that's going to be standalone because that's supposed to be the Matt Fraction run. Yep. So that one, like 
Falcon and Winter Soldier, it's not going to be impacting anything. Mm-hmm. At least it shouldn't. Unless they do something really crazy, like I said, for the plots of Black Panther 2 or Captain yeah. Marvel 2. Yeah. Depending on what they want to do with that. Now, obviously, there would have to be some connecting factors involved. Sure. It's a stretch, but if they are really worried about their time slots to release this, mm-hmm. that could be the reason why. Yeah. It just really depends on what they're going to do for source material because we don't know. Everything has been very tight-lipped for the most part mm-hmm. involving this, except the only thing that we do have a, gr- a pretty good grasp on mm-hmm. is Thor Love and Thunder is going to be off the Jason Aaron Lady Thor run. Yep. That is what we know. Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, last I knew, Nightmare was supposed to be the big bad in this yep. one. Yep. Everything else is really up in the air about what it is supposed to be about. We just mm-hmm. know the characters are connected. Is this supposed to lead into a setup for another Avengers film? Maybe. Eh, not for a while. I don't, I don't think so either. No. But who knows what Marvel's thinking. They're thinking so much far ahead that mm-hmm. with their phases too. And if I'm not mistaken, they just recently, within the last six, seven months or so, had another quote-unquote summit mm. like they did in like in 2014 2015 whenever it was when they first finally started you know forming the idea for infinity war and endgame mm-hmm. so I, they just recently had that so they've i think if i'm right on that and correct me if i'm wrong hashtag odbh you know they've got it they've got it you know no pun intended they've got an end game in mind for where they're going with this next overarching story so my guess is they're not setting up for anything immediate. This is just kind of this is kind of like the beginning of phase one, where you're just kind of putting you know the pieces in place, right? And especially with the group they have too, it's not really setting up for a team book unless they went and did the ultimates. Yeah, not the ultimates from the Ultimate Universe, right? But the one that um, Black Panther and Captain Marvel were both a part of. Sure, not the biggest team in the in the Marvel Universe, the comics universe, but maybe they're setting up for that. I. Yeah, no, it could be because I think the other thing people got because I know everyone wants the next Avengers movie, the next Endgame type movie. But the thing you got to remember, we didn't get the pieces moving on Endgame and Infinity War until the first Avengers movie. Yeah, yeah, there was some stuff sprinkled in with you know Captain America one and the Tesseract and, and some other movies. But you really didn't get the pieces on the chessboard moving until Avengers one, and that was what five or six films in. Yeah. So, obviously, we have to wait and see what's going to yeah. happen here. This will just be the the small groundwork. Just yeah. looking at who's on the, the slate to come out, though, Yeah, there really isn't a storyline that's jumping out. I know that Secret Invasion was mm-hmm. heavily rumored to be the next big arc. Yeah. I could see that just being Captain Marvel 2. That could be. That they're going to keep it very low-key, unless they really want to expand it. But usually when they do big moments like that, I mean, the Infinity Gauntlet is one of the, the best Marvel stories ever written. Yeah. What else ranks up there for the Avengers? I mean, there is some source material they could do, mm-hmm. but it really depends on where they want to go with it. Plus, they also have the next phase coming with Fantastic Four and X-Men. Right. So, does that throw a wrench in plans? Yes, I think so. So, this could just be some groundwork, standalone stories for each character. And then at the end of the next phase, phase five, mm-hmm. that's when we'll start seeing rumors of another Avengers movie. Right. Which I am completely fine with. Yeah. And that's all it should be, because for the MCU to be doing this and what Kevin Feige's doing, completely on board with this. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't struggle with this at all. I know people are bummed that Black Widow's not coming out relatively soon, and don't get me wrong, I am too, but I look at it this side. Look at it this way. It got bumped to the week of my birthday. Well, that is true, because Pat will be celebrating very, very hard on that. Yep. And for me, I would just say this. That, I, I will say, just to interrupt for a minute, that's the one thing nice thing with Marvel, with the exception of uh, the year it was 
they had like they finished all of their movies in the first half of the year. I didn't get one on my birthday. I almost always get a Marvel movie like the week of my birthday. Yeah, so it is, it is a nice gift. So you have the inside line to Kevin Feige. So, I guess. So we better start getting some exclusives on here. Uh, all right, I'll, wor- the, I'll work on it. By the time of the day. But what I was going to say is for the time being, though, if you're going, oh, I'm really bummed I can't watch Black Widow. Do an MCU and, rewatch. I am. Do a rewatch. I'll that, say not for any reason. It's just there were a, a number of movies, especially in phase one, that I had not seen in a number of years, mm-hmm. and I just figured, eh, why not? No, that's a perfect way to do it, or what I would say is you can check out the great comics yeah. that the stories are going to be based off of that I know that they're running deals on Marvel Unlimited, I believe, right now, too. Yeah, I believe so. I want to say, And com- I want to say Comixology is running a deal as well. Yeah, so if you cannot physically get to your comics shop, because I will always, first and foremost, recommend you get to your local comic shop. This depends if they're doing deliveries, if they're doing, you know, front door pickups. However, I know every store has a different thing going on. Yep. So I, I would strongly recommend check with them and even call into them and say, hey, I really don't know that much about the character Black Widow. What do you recommend? Mm-hmm. Trust me, they will have recommendations. For oh, you. yeah. And that's where I say go pick up a book and read. So then when the movie comes out, you're going to be so far ahead of everybody else. You'll be so excited when you finally see it come to life. Yeah. Like I say, Winter Soldier for me is the best MCU movie of all time. Oh, yeah. Because I remember reading that and going, how did you make Bucky Barnes, who was listed in the Undead trilogy of Jean Grey, Uncle Ben, and him, into relevant and so much of a compelling character? This is the beauty of comics, Mm -hmm. and this is why we get so amped up to see it on film. So with that being said, the MCU is car- is charting their course completely on board with what they're doing. Yeah. The only thing I'm, I'm waiting with, and I know, Pad, you are not caring about this at all, New Mutants. Oh, yeah. I, I need to find out what's going to go on with this. I'm I'm going to guess it'll never see, it won't see the light of day until at least 2023. I w- and, and people might be going, why that long? Uh, let's put it to you this way. They've tr- the movie has tried to come out, what, four times now? Something like that for a multiple. T- it's like it's like the Tony Ferguson Habib fight, you know, with UFC. They keep trying to make it happen. Just stuff keeps getting in the way. Um, the movie has been delayed again. I would say next to the Don Quixote movie that got delayed and had issues for 20 years. This is the second most cursed movie in all of Hollywood. The movie's been delayed again. Obviously, there is no current release date. And for everyone saying, oh, they should just drop it on Hulu or Disney Plus. They can't. Uh, that is because not a couple of years ago, uh, Fox Studios did a deal with HBO where all of their movies would go to stream on their site uh, when they released, which is why last month, the Dark Phoenix movie, which Coach Duffy got put through. Uh, why? Pop- why, why uh, his, his wife put him through that movie, and he told us that he was watching it, and they had just started it, and Ken and I both had the same reaction, all capitals, why? He heard the podcast, too. He was trying to talk out of it. So uh-huh. I, I, can, I can only help you so much, Coach. Yeah, so that's why Dark Phoenix uh, debuted on HBO uh, last month, and the deal runs through 2022. So, the, you know, they can do a, a video on demand sale like you know some of the other movies have done but they can't drop it on hulu or disney plus so that's why i say we may not see this thing until 2023 you know what i would do if i was marvel what's that i would just say okay the minute the the ban is lifted for c19 yeah i would just dump it on theaters (laughs) no announcement no announcement just just do it like a beyonce album just drop it middle of the night boom tickets are on sale go oh my god end of story that'd be good i would do it like that it's uh, it's just so baffling at this point 
It is because you know what you know what the sad thing is going to be if the movie is actually really good. It won't be. I know, but you, could you just imagine if it is? Yeah. Just just throw it out there that for all this trouble, it's like wow, we actually a really good movie. Unless of course it's the biggest dumpster fire we've ever seen. Oh, uh, it, it's going to be bad. There's so much intrigue going on with this and the rest of the MCU. So definitely hit us up on that hashtag hashtag ODPH. What is your thoughts about Marvel moving the slate of movies? Are you excited? Are you not? And what do you think should go on Disney Plus first to fill in the gap shall we say between falcon and winter soldier we definitely want to have that conversation so hit us up hashtag odph or take a quick break we'll be right back hi i'm cody and i'm christian and we're nerds with friends not just two nerds who have some friends no we're your hosts for the podcast nerds with friends we cover any topic that people can nerd out over from tv movies and comics to conventions tabletop rpgs and much more Nerds with Friends comes out every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. And of course, on our website, nerdswithfriendspodcast.com. Join us every week as we confess our nerdy confessions and talk about the latest in nerdy news. And remember, you're not alone. You're with friends. This is Nerds with Friends. Thank you for listening. Now back to the show. Hey, this is Brian Wolf from Fair City Fire. You are listening to ODPH, the greatest podcast in Binghamton. Woo! Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. Pad, what you got for those one-shots? Got to talk a little Borderlands 3 news because I know the DLC's been coming out. I'm just now getting to the uh, Heist with Moxie DLC. Been going through that. That's a lot of fun. But Borderlands decided in 2K Games decided to announce something very interesting and very out of left field yesterday. Mm. Uh, they announced yesterday that they were, were partnering uh, with the, the McGill University, which is up in Canada, MMOS, and the American Gut Project to help map the the human gut biome using video games. And now you might be wondering, Pad, what the heck is the human gut biome? Yeah, I was. Yeah, so if you go to the Borderlands Facebook page or go onto YouTube and search uh, Borderlands Science official trailer, you'll get a great uh, explanation and trailer from Mayim Bialik, who you might remember from Big Bang Theory, uh, explaining the whole project and what it, what it basically is. Essentially, she says our body is made up of 43% of our own cells in 55% foreign uh, cells, you know, microbes. And we really don't know a whole lot about them. And, we're, you know, figuring out what uh, everything about them and what they do and what they can influence and all this stuff could help food, medicine, exercise, and all sorts of stuff, you know, all over the world and really help the uh, human race. You know, now there are some supercomputers out there that are really great, but they make mistakes and it would take more time than we have in our lifetime to break it down mm. and, and figure it out. And like I said, they make mistakes. So that's where the video game comes in. Uh, they've, They've taken the the sequences and and the and the, all the information with all the different microbes and they put them into little puzzles in the video game, which you can play if you own Borderlands Three. Uh, if you go to, I played it myself last night. It's a ton of fun. Uh, if you own the game, you go to Sanctuary and onto Tannis's uh, laboratory. There's a little arcade, you know, set up in the corner. You can play it. It's very much in the same. The game is very much in the in the to figure out the stuff is very much in the same vein as like a bejeweled okay. or, or a, or a uh, what the candy crush type of type of deal. Oh, that's addicting. You know, where you got to match the, the, 
puzzle pieces to their right row. Not everything is going to match, but that's okay. You move on. You, you know, they made it competitive a little bit in that you go through stages where you're facing off against the other characters in the game and their high, quote unquote, high scores. And if you go through it, you get a reward from them. You know, so, you know, and it's very interesting. And it was very going to be, I saw this and I was like, oh, I wonder how this is going to take. Uh, took very quickly. Uh, Gearbox Software, which is the company that makes Borderlands 3 CEO, Randy Pitchford, uh, tweeted out yesterday, quote, it took a few minutes after going live earlier today before Borderlands Science crossed the milestone of 1,000 data submissions. I wow. was I was just informed that we've now crossed over 1 million data submissions. Because that's the awesome thing with this. Once you finish it, once you get a high score, you, can su- you submit it. And you're not just submitting, oh, hey, I'm submitting my high score. No, you're submitting the work you've done on this this mapping project for lack of a better term to you know scientists so they can look at it and figure out and help figure out this thing down the road uh it took off even further because this thing's been out for just a little about just about 24 hours now uh randy pitchford said this uh this morning quote this morning borderland science crossed the milestone of five million data submissions so in about 24 hours People have played it's like five million. Yeah, they've done five over five million. God, it's probably wow. got to be. It's probably got to be close to over ten by now. You know, data submissions for this. So just something cool to see. Gotta love it when you get video games involved with science and and you end up helping the human race. Smart games are always cool. Yes. Never, never will you hear me say anything otherwise mm-hmm. against that. So let us talk some Netflix now. Yeah. Now we just watched a trailer for something coming mm-hmm. at the end of this month. Yes. Had, are we ready to talk about it? I am. All right, break it down. So there's a little movie coming out at the end of the month that you may or may not have heard of. I will admit, I hadn't heard about it. I just saw a thing on Twitter yesterday saying, oh, new Chris Hardwick Netflix film with the Russo brothers coming. You know, the trailer just came out, and I was like, oh, this sounds intriguing. So we just watched the trailer. Uh, The film is directed by Sam Hargrave. Uh, It's written by Joe Russo, and the the Russo brothers uh, are producers on it. It stars Chris Hemsworth. It's got David Harbour in it. Uh, The film is called Extraction, and it is coming on April 24th. Uh, to Netflix, the IMDb description uh, reads, Tyler Rake, a fearless black market mercenary, embarks on, embarks on the most deadly extraction of his career when he, he's enlisted to rescue the kidnapped son of an imprisoned international crime lord. It looks amazing. It looks nuts. I am down for this. If you are a fan of action movies that it's like one man versus an army and what's he going to do and how's he going to get out of this, this is right up your alley. Netflix has been stepping their game up because they yeah. just had the really crazy Michael Bay, Ryan Reynolds film. Still got to watch that. Uh, it's nuts. It is everything you would imagine putting those two in the same movie. Mm. It is absolutely bonkers. Yeah. But this one with Hemsworth, it is definitely something that to see him in a different role because we're so used to seeing him doing the comedy lately with mm. Thor and even if you want to stretch Ghostbusters, which I know some people are going to complain about. But yeah. He, I, he was the best part of that. Yeah. Uh, to see him get back to a serious role and definitely one that I haven't seen him play in a while. Yeah. I am all for. So Netflix has been really stepping their game no, up. No, they, they absolutely have. I mean, I just watched one the other day. Uh, they had come out back in 2019 called Triple Frontier, kind of in the same vein. It's, you know, army men facing off against the uh, army, three guys facing off against an army. Uh, that one was starring Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, and Charlie Hunnam. No, Netflix has absolutely been stopping their game up yeah. in terms of movies. And don't forget, they've got the one coming with, what is it, Dwayne Johnson, uh, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds, I believe. Right. They got that one coming, that, yeah. which is going to be absolutely nuts. Yeah, because the Ryan Reynolds one I was talking about, Six Underground. Oh, okay, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, which is, that was absolutely 
Michael Bay at his finest. So mm-hmm. definitely was something cool there. And then even Netflix got something else coming too, which this caught my eye just for the pairing of Steve Carell mm-hmm. is coming back and John Malkovich oh, Lord. was on this show tagline, mm-hmm. which according to the article from IGN, I'll just read, they have a comedy coming to Netflix called Space Force. Oh, boy. And it's supposed to be debuting on May 29th. Okay. Now, the fact you have those two in the same movie. Mm-hmm. Like I say. That's a dangerous pairing. Yeah. John Malkovich in the line of fire. John Malkovich. The John Malkovich is just crazy to see what they're going to do together. Mm-hmm. But you have Steve Carell, who is playing a pilot who is now in charge of the Space Force. Mm-hmm. And their job is to, well, do space things. I'll just put it mildly. <laughs> it, it's just... Are it they going to look for the Schwartz? Yeah, well, because according to what is written in the article, him and his team have been tasked to getting their boots back on the moon again and achieving, quote, unquote, total space dominance. Okay. I'm going to show you the picture pad. Sure. Because this is absolutely freaking hysterical. Oh, my God. Of just the photo of Stephen Carell leading the office. Yeah. And just how absolutely bonkers this looks. Yeah, that looks a little ridiculous. And then the man, the myth, the legend himself, that is one John Malkovich. Yep. I have no idea what he's doing in it. I don't even care. Sign me up. They're gonna. Uh, I think because it's a comedy and it's Steve Carell, they're going to let a couple million dollars of government funds on fire. Yeah, it is. And ab- not, and I don't mean that literally, like just something's going to get screwed up. Yeah, it is going to be absolutely epic. And like I said, Malkovich has been in so much. I mean, like I said, In the Line of Fire is what IGN recommended, mm-hmm. and I, I will back that up too. And just to see absolutely how bananas this is going to be. Oh, it's going to be outrageous. I, yeah, I'm like, I'm sold on this because yeah. I'm a big Office fan, and I stopped watching when Carell left. I'm not going to lie about it. So to see what they wind up doing with that, Sign me up. Yeah. And Netflix, hey, giving us some new shows now in the, in mm-hmm. the time of the C19. All for it. So that one's going to be on May 29th, and Extraction's going to be on at the end of April. Yeah. Such good stuff going on. Yeah. And I have to plug two. I won't go into full detail because I'm saving this for when we need some real content. Amazon Prime's Hunters. Okay. Now, Rich from 3FN was talking to me about this, and he's like, dude, you need to see the show. Uh, our good friend Matt Ocean, who's been on talking some anime, was like, you need to see the show. It is fantastic. Okay. It is highly, highly recommended, and I'm just going to save it for a blog because I know you haven't seen it yet, Pat, but I will deep dive into it if you want to talk on Twitter about it. It's on Amazon Prime right now. It is fantastic. Okay. And very, very twist endings that you're not going to see coming, which I love. So check it out on Amazon Prime ASAP, especially before Boys Season 2 comes out because – That'll take up your time because it is going to be needing multiple, multiple rewatches because the boys is that good. That being said, the music you heard on this episode is that of Shout at the Robots. Now, rumor has it, Pad, Julian is coming out with another music video for the band. Ooh, all right. Now, they just released one on their YouTube channel, but you're probably going, Ken, how do I find out how to get to their channel? Uh Simple. OchoDuroParlayR.com slash music. You can go check out everything going on with Shout Out the Robots. You can check out everything going on with Second Suitor, who is currently running a Facebook contest for some free CDs. More information on that, you'll have to check that out. But on that same link, you can definitely check out the bands such as Yard Party, Floodlands, Walking Distance, who are going to be coming on the show sooner than later, too, after everything kind of settles down with the C19 shutdown. 
So definitely support them. Check out their music. Go download some. It'll definitely keep you entertained. And also on the ODPH website, you can check out the directory where we have you know Tom from Off the Cuff Gaming. He's going to be joining us for live stream for the Cure coming up in May. But you can say, find out what he's got going on. Final Fantasy rumor talk. He's got a big episode coming down this Friday too. So you definitely want to check that out on his YouTube channel. You can also check out about Excite Wrestling. They have got a lot of stuff going on YouTube. YouTube is like taking over suddenly. Mm. You notice this? Yeah. Because they have the Excite Classics coming on there. So a lot of stuff going on with Johnny Moose and the team Excite. So also on that link, you can check out all the amazing pod groups that we are in. So shout out to Pod Nation. Shout out to the Legion of Independent Podcasts. And shout out to the Apocalypse community. And shout out to Alternate Reality Radio. All of those groups you can find on Podchaser. And currently right now, they are doing the hashtag reviews for good. And it's a great way to raise money for Meals for Wheels. Mm-hmm. So every review that you leave for a podcast, uh, Podchasers make a donation to Meals for Wheels. And the, if you if you are a podcast and you leave a response back, they're also matching that donation too. So a lot of great things to going on in Podchasers. So if you're supporting podcasts, definitely go over, leave some reviews. Podcasters, leave some feedback. And it's all going to a great cause. So for more information on that, podchaser.com. And on the ODPH website, we just got to keep plugging too. Live stream for the Cure is coming down May 27th through the 31st. Epic Film guys are going to be running it, speaking of raising money, for the Cancer Research Institute. It's a great streamathon going on their Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Epic Film Guys. So it's going to be going on from that Wednesday to Sunday. We're going to be on the Sunday. Uh, between 1 and 2 p.m. Not really sure what we're doing. I got uh, It's narrowed down between two ideas, so let me put it out there. We will have some amazing content, and we're just super happy that we were being invited to uh, help raise money to kick cancer's ass. Because anytime we can do that, uh, sign me up. I'm there all day. And we have to give a shout-out to our fellow Hashtag 607 Podcast brothers over at 3 Fat Nerds. This week marks their two-year anniversary of doing the 3 Fat Nerds podcast. So Rich, Ron, and hashtag Big Natty Cool, who pad still on Twitter. Oh boy, still delivering that heat. Are doing their two-year anniversary episode. We're super proud of all the work that those guys do, and they're definitely giving you so much content that you really need to sign up for their Patreon. Mm-hmm. I plug it every week because I am actually a paid Patreon. Oh, all right. Yeah, I don't get it for free. I actually pay for it. I get. I have the one dollar gets me in the door level. I'm not the comfy chair just yet for $3. But either way, I get in there and I can hear all the love is scary that I can handle, which is Dr. Derek, hashtag Chef Boyardees, is going in there cooking up a bunch of crazy content that you can only hear behind a paywall pad. Mm-hmm. If you want to borrow it, I might have to see if Rich can extend that to you. All right. Because you need to get that in your system and you'll go, holy crap, we really can't promote this on the show. I know I want to. But I've been told by two providers, if I talk about the content, I will get kicked off. That's how good it is. But if you want to find out more information on that, patreon.com slash 8122productions. And definitely swing on over to the 3 Fat Nerds podcast uh, social media. Leave them a great happy anniversary for two years of doing great podcasting work and to do many, many more as well. That's all I got for this week. So for the one and only, Padawan J. Thank you, thank you. I'm your host, Ken M. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. See you next time. (laughs) 